Hey, Sandra. Hi, Lisa. Kristen. Oh, hey. Are y'all ready? Oh, oh we're so ready. Oh, we are. Then let's do it. Let's go to the movies, ladies. Welcome to Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen Go to the Movies, a podcast where three movie geeks. That would be us. Yep. Talk to award-winning directors, actors, screenwriters, costume designers, and more about their work. We also dish on their favorite movies, movie moments, and share our own faves, too. I'm Lisa France, and I'm a senior writer for CNN Entertainment. I'm Sandra Gonzalez. I'm also a senior reporter for CNN covering TV and film. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, former host of the Movie Date podcast and currently a host of the podcast By the Book. And I'm the author of So You Want to Start a Podcast, which is available in August. This is the official podcast of CNN's new TV series, The Movies, which you can watch on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. I've seen the series and it's amazing. Really good. So, you know, after you're done listening to our podcast, you should definitely check that out. We've got an amazing interview coming up later. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. We're talking to Ego Wodum. She's phenomenal and so talented. Also from Baltimore like me. <laughs> Cannot wait. But first, we've got one more round of the game My Five Movies to Play. Here's Woo-hoo! the setup. You're stranded on a desert island or you're in some end of the world situation. You're in a Twilight Zone episode, something like that. And you can only watch the same five movies for the rest of your life. Which five do you choose? Lisa's gone. I've gone. Kristen, it is finally your turn. I am pumped. So are you ready? Oh, I am so ready. And I'm so excited to play. My five movies are It's a Wonderful Life, When Harry Met Sally. Yes. The Mm -hmm. Sound of Music, Auntie Mame, and Shawshank Redemption. Can I tell you, your list tells me so much about you. Oh, does it? Yes, it does. Read her tea leaves. What are you saying? What I see is you are whimsical. Mm. You um, love tradition. Uh, You also love a good narrative. You may have broken out of prison. You may have broken out of prison, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're also super sweet, and you're romantic at heart. Oh, my gosh. I love that assessment of things. I mean, I, I will say that um, I like to think I believe in a little bit of how magic comes about from kindness and love in the world. And all five of the movies I picked, um, I realized after I picked them that the theme was that they're all really about non-traditional families. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at It's a Wonderful Life, the great lesson of that movie is we have George Bailey. He wants to kill himself. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. He feels that his life isn't worth living. Right. But when everybody in his town comes forward and says they will do anything for him, they're saying you're not alone. We're your family. Yeah. You were never mm-hmm. in this alone. Your life always mattered. Good affirmation if yes. you're stuck in the apocalypse. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, when Harry met Sally, that's about finding your person and choosing your person. And we see a lot of different iterations of relationships, including those interstitial relationships yes. with those couples mm-hmm. who talk about how they met. Yes. And what a yes. great pairing. Yes. Oh, my God. Chemistry out the ears. Yes. And I never thought I would think that Billy, Billy Crystal, Crystal was sexy. <laughs> yes. You know what? I, okay, Jinx. Because that's what I was thinking, too. Yes. I mean, no disrespect to Billy Crystal. I think he's adorable. But in that movie, I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, I get Billy it. Crystal. Hey, Billy Crystal. I get it. That's good writing for you. And yeah. you look at somebody that you normally wouldn't be attracted to, and you're like, hey. hey. <laughs> and then there's the sound of music, 
Julie Andrews, her voice is just on point in this movie. Mm, yes, it is. It's never been more beautiful. It's never been better. The hills are alive. They are. God bless Even the if hills. nobody else is but you in this scenario. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, and then as far as Auntie Mame goes, another non-traditional family. Auntie Mame is... I've never uh, seen this. Oh my gosh, you need to see it. Rosalind Russell is divine in this. Uh-huh. And she has maybe a hundred different costume changes in it. Oh, Everything sold. from yeah. sequins to silk to riding costumes to uh, those kinds of dresses that have matching brocade trousers with Mm -hmm. them. Fire. That's fire. She's just fabulous. And she is a woman living in the city with all of her fabulous friends. And when her nephew is orphaned and comes to live with her, he is welcomed into this world, too. She doesn't change herself for him. Hmm. She tries to show him how much bigger the world is than he Hmm. thought it was. Mm -hmm. And she always said, life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. Yes. And then finally, the Shawshank Redemption, because is there any love story between two men on screen like Red and Andy have? Probably not. This I'm a sucker friendship. for like a dude dude friendship. Yes. I really am. That friendship between the two of them, they keep each other alive. And spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but I'd be surprised if anyone out there hasn't seen it. There is a moment at the very end when they're reunited on the beach. and it's perfect ending. Oh, my gosh. And then Morgan Freeman, who is the voiceover for the whole movie, mm-hmm. Um, he just has such hope in his voice because his dream is coming true and he's going to be reunited with his friend. Oh, you know what <laughs> always so blew my mind about that movie is that it's based on a short story by Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. They managed to take that from book to screen beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are great picks, Kristen. Well, this game was so much fun. I loved coming up with my five movies. I loved hearing about your five movies, Sandra and Lisa. And to listeners who haven't yet shared your five movies on social media with us, what are you waiting for? Go to Twitter. Use the hashtag My5Movies. That's my, the number five, movies. And tell us if you could only watch the same five movies for the rest of your life, what would they be? And make sure to tag us at CNN Podcasts so we'll see what you chose. Again, that's hashtag My5Movies and tag us at CNN Podcasts. There's no wrong answers here, people. No. Do not judge me. I will not judge you. <laughs> oh, there are some wrong answers. <laughs> Kristen will judge you. I will not. Burn. (laughs) And now, what do you guys say? We bring on our guest. Ready? Let's Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. Ego Wodum is a writer and actress who in 2016 was named one of the new faces of comedy at Montreal's Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. She has performed her one-woman show called Great Black Women and Then There's Me to sold-out audiences. In 2018, Ego joined the cast of the Emmy Award-winning sketch comedy show Saturday Night Live. Ego Wodum, welcome to the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be welcome. here. Yay. Hey. hey, girls. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> so I wanted to start by asking... When did you first know that you wanted to be in comedy? Like, were you the kind of kid who was always making people laugh? Did you do theater or perform in school plays growing up? Okay, so many questions, but I have an answer for all of them. (laughs) I have an answer for all of them. Um, When I first knew that I wanted to do comedy specifically, it wasn't until like... 2012 or something like that. So not crazy long ago. But um, I knew I wanted to be a performer. I used to do ballet and I loved performing and I always wanted to skip the like rehearsals and then just get to the performance. But you can't do the performance unless you rehearse. Um, so I knew I wanted to be an actor and so I started off doing drama and uh, I was asked to do a character reel um, sometime into 
my acting career and I was like, what's a character reel? Um, and then I made one and then I started doing improv and I fell in love with improv and I fell in love with sketch comedy. Um, so that's the minute I knew I was like, I know I want to perform. But as soon as I started doing improv and sketch, I was like, ah, I found home. Yeah. So and as a kid, I was I think I was making people laugh or pissing them off. But either <laughs> or, either sometimes or, a fine line. Sometimes, I mean, listen, in college, I, I had a T.A. who I think hated me because I didn't take our organic chemistry lab seriously enough, but she kind of loved that I was not high strung and really worried about going to medical school. So it was like fun entertainment, but she had to tell me to stop, stop being obnoxious in the lab. <laughs> did that work? Did, did, the, did, did the it stop? stop? No, I don't. I don't respond to authority. <laughs> so, no. And here we are. I didn't stop. And here we are. Take that, TA. <laughs> yeah. She loved me, though, secretly. Um. So, Ego, if improv and sketch were your, were your drugs of choice, I'm sure you had no shortage of, of heroes and people to look up to. So I was wondering which actors or comedians were really people that you that influenced you and kind of shaped who you are as a performer now. Um, a big influence of mine is Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. I love him. Love him. He's so incredibly talented. He, his, I mean, his talent knows no bounds, in my opinion. Um, and so I grew up watching a lot of him and admiring a lot of him. Big fan of Maya Rudolph, of course, uh, who has she's uh, a goddess. worked where I work, which is so amazing. And she's incredible. Amy Poehler, I started at UCB Theater and that she's one of the founders of UCB. Um, so always looked up to her as well. Um, those are the big influences I had. Those are great yeah. role models. I, yeah. lo- I love them all. Who doesn't yeah. love them? And they have such range. I know. I know. And that's my, my thing is like I secretly took vocal lessons a few years back mm. um, because I was like, I want to be Jamie Foxx. I'm not going to sing, but. I was just going to uh, ask I know, you right? Know. See? Oh, I love how you time. got in front of that. You got in front of that. It's been a long time. I couldn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See? Just, a, just, just a taste. Just a taste. Something, something. Just a taste. Couldn't dare. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. All right. So you mentioned at least one SNL person there mm-hmm. in that list of names. Yes. Two, you might say. Yeah. Um, so everyone who's in the SNL cast seems to have a great discovery story about how someone first said, Lauren Michaels wants you. What happened in your story? Oh, my goodness. Lauren Michaels wants you. I never heard those exact words. But, my God, I need to talk to my guest. <laughs> um, but he clearly wanted um, you because you're there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I uh, in 2016, when I, um, when I did the Montreal uh, New Faces showcase, which is a sketch showcase of characters, I did seven minutes of characters, um, I got to... Actually, that's my story's backwards. When did Lauren Michaels want me? Um, (laughs) Life is just coming at me fast, guys. Um, I did the CBS Diversity Showcase in 2016. And after doing that showcase, I was asked to um, audition or showcase for SNL, which I did in 2016 around, I think it was March. And then in April 2016, I first tested here in New York on the 8-H stage. Um, So that was the first time it was like, he might like you. He didn't know me then before I got to the stage. Mm -hmm. I think he saw me um, in 2016. And then again uh, in 2018 when I was hired. So I guess he really wanted me in 2018. 2016, he met me. And then 2018, he was like, I want her. But I don't want to put words into his mouth because he didn't say those words to me. He did hire me, though. So that means something. Yes. Mm. Something. That's great. Diversity is such a buzzword for me every time I hear it. My little ears perk up. Mm -hmm. What is it like being a black woman in comedy right now? 
Um, okay, well, first, diversity being a buzzword for you, it is a buzzword. I want it to not be a buzzword. Yeah. Amen, I want sister. it to just be um, the reality of of whatever industry we're in. I mean, you could be in tech, you could be in finance, you could be in comedy. The fact of the matter is the world is diverse, and so it's not a trend. So I want people to not treat it like a trend. Treat, mm-hmm. yes. Um, everyone's not uh, a cis gendered white person right (laughs) so um diversity just is but what it's like to be a black woman in comedy is very exciting i feel honored and privileged to be seventh uh black cast member female cast member i should say on snl and it feels like i'm part of i'm part of paving the way for fellow uh black women in comedy. And so that feels very exciting to be part of history and to be part of making a way for people who are coming behind me so they can be right next to me. Yeah. Have you had that moment yet when someone said to you that you're their role model? Yeah. Yes, I have. And it's amazing and bizarre all in one. (laughs) Me, I'm trash. What? Um, No, uh, I'm not trash. I love myself. Um, uh, Yeah, I have. When I was at UCB, particularly coming up, uh, I was on the main stage there and I had, I've had several women of color um, who are also just starting their journeys in comedy come to me and say, you're the first uh, person that looks like me that I'd seen on the UCB stage and that made me feel like I could do this and that there was room for me. So that's always really exciting and it certainly fuels a lot of what I do. Um, it's important to me to be, to be in that position for people and to pave the way in that way. And I love how you phrase it that way, though, with with I want them to stand beside me because so many industries, no matter what you're in, try to pit talented women, especially talented women of color against each other. Mm -hmm. And the way of you looking at it, like I want more right beside me. I think that's just a lovely way to put that. Thank you. I, I feel very passionately about that because I'm only in the position that I'm in because uh, hard work, people who have helped me as well. Um, And I. And it does. I, I'm, while I'm set apart, and that I'm the seventh black woman in the cast at SNL, um, I think there's room for others. And so, and and there being room for others, that means there's room for them to be exactly where I am, doing the exact same thing I am. Um, so that that mm-hmm. excites me. I don't. I'm. While some people see me as a role model, which I think is really amazing and incredible, I'm like, you could do this too, is what I'm thinking. I'm like, you could you could be this. This could be you. But you play. Um, no, but anyway, <laughs> no. you're not playing. You're not playing. Everything. I'm just being stupid. So just kind of um, branching off here, uh, the 2000s saw a rise of the Judd Apatow comedies with films like 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up and Superbad. Um, But those movies really centered around male characters. Um, And that's definitely shifted a little bit in the era we are now uh, with so many like female forward comedies like Bridesmaids and Girls Trip and Late Night and some of your heroes like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and so many others are sort of leading that charge right now. How do you see this era of female comedy and why do you think movies like these weren't being made before? I see it as about damn time. Yes. Um, women are funny. Women are very, very funny. Women are some of the funniest people that I know in my life are women um, before I started comedy, um, many of whom don't do comedy themselves. But uh, it feels like well overdue. Why this wasn't the case before, I can only imagine it's just because there's a status quo that has been maintained and also people are scared to try new things. And with... Uh, stereotypes about what it means to be a woman um, for people who don't 
know what it is to be a woman. Uh, they couldn't imagine that women could be funny and also be leaders in comedy and leaders in honestly any industry. So I think with things changing and um, just the social climate changing and women standing for themselves and standing together, I think we're creating that space for us to do what we do best, which is be funny. Yeah, yeah. and I have to say, I mean, just looking at the box office numbers, people like funny women. Yeah, of it's course. Not, it's not that Girls Trip got ignored at the box office. It's not that Bridesmaids got ignored and just got treated like a charity case. Yeah. People loved those movies. Yeah. I loved those movies. Yeah, they were amazing. Bridesmaids is like, it had been a long time before I was like laughing out loud in a movie theater. Like I was dying. It was so, it's so funny. So it's, yeah, it's not, again, it's not a charity case. The women deliver. So um, I'm happy to see it happening. I'm happy to be here for it. We're happy to be here with you for it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but stick around. There's more of our conversation with Ego Wodum coming up. We're still talking with SNL star Ego Wodum. Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit and just geek out over some movies and some movie moments. So here's the first question. If you were going to play a real-life person in their biopic, whom would you want to play? Oh. But wait, so this is a twist <laughs> on the who would play you in the movie of your life story question. Instead, we want to know what real-life person you want to portray on the big screen. Oh my goodness! If oh gosh, this should have been like a hot seat question. Someone <laughs> told me you were going to ask. This. Oh Lord, there's so many women that I love. Uh, gosh, I want to answer this correctly. I almost want to come back. There to are it. no wrong. Questions. No, I know, no but I, I, I want to listen back and be like, yeah, that is the person. That is the person because I feel like there is somebody, but she's not coming to mind so I'm going to say someone else now okay. and then when I hear the episode I'm going to want to recant my statement <laughs> yeah, but we'll let you because then you can come back and talk to us some more. so you can um, recant all you want who would I want to play oh boy this is tough who would you guys play uh, I would What's play this? Beyonce because she and I look so much alike oh you're uh, both beautiful uh, yes okay <laughs> I, mean, I need everyone to go around this is going to jog this is going to jog this for uh, I need this I wouldn't I, you know people have asked me like do you feel like you look like Oprah? I'm big Oprah. I'm not like Weight Watchers Oprah. So maybe <laughs> Oprah, I'm like, you know, Oprah before she was pulling the wagon with all the lard to show how much weight she lost. Yes. Um. So I'm going to go Beyonce, Oprah, and Gladys Knight. I would oh, like to play Gladys, Gladys Knight. Oh, Gladys. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, okay. You are so warm like her too, Lisa. Thank I love you. That. And so I love so... chicken and waffles too. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. She, had a, she, has a, she has chicken and waffles. She <laughs> does have a chicken and waffles restaurant, so I had to throw oh, it out. Oh, she does? Yeah. Um, okay, I think Eartha Kitt. Yes. Ooh, I can see that. I think yes. Eartha Kitt, she and I have similar energy. <laughs> Catwoman. Yes. Um, Eartha Kitt, I would also love... To play Erica Badu, I could see you oh. being Badu all day. Yeah, I love her so much. Yes. I love her so so much. Um, and someone that I I have no business um, playing. Um, I would have maybe. 
I think Megan the Stallion. <laughs> oh, you know what? Manifest that right there. You, Megan, know, I, you have to tell our have to tell people who Megan the Stallion is though. Okay, take a Google. Uh, Megan the Stallion is a rapper from <laughs> uh, from Houston. She's um, just such a boss. Oh, also, I would love to play Lil Kim. I mean, goodness, oh, yes. the list wow. is endless. But this is a good. This is a solid list. I'll take any of the four. Absolutely. Uh, I want to see you do Lil Kim. That is major I personality could, plus. I could there. do Lil Kim. You'd be you, surprised. She, you, you just I've channeled gotta give us a little little Kim. I, yeah. I channeled uh, want to bumble with the B, huh? Bzz, yes. Throw a hex on the whole family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know that was impromptu. I didn't warm up my vocals. <laughs> but yeah. you brought it though. Yeah, you brought it. I'm yeah. mad that people can't see how I'm like yeah. chair dancing <laughs> because I just dropped it like it was hot, picked yeah. it right back she up, and it, dropped it she again. Dropped it one more time, and I'm gonna help her up. <laughs> <laughs> but I just. Uh, I did a, a sketch this past season um, where I was rapping and I was fully channeling Lil' Kim, even though the lyrics weren't Lil' Kim. I was rapping about bunnies, but I was like, we're going to Lil' Kim this up right now. The flow was wicked, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I mean, you're giving me fire right now. You know just, what I'm you saying? Know, thinking about listen, it. Listen, listen, don't sleep on me, America. I can rap. <laughs> <laughs> She can do it two all. Out of four, two out of my four were rappers. Yes. <laughs> and you literally just said that on the mic. <laughs> literally. I would watch all of those movies, by the way. Yeah, I mean, listen. Well, thank you. That's at least one ticket sold. <laughs> <laughs> one. Boom. Come on. <laughs> so, continuing our line of geeky movie questions... If a movie is successful at the box office these days, it gets a sequel. But not every great movie gets a chance to tell the story of what comes next after the credits have ended. So if you could make a sequel to any movie that doesn't already have one, what movie would it be? <laughs> I'm a masochist. Um, uh, Blue Valentine. Wow. That's, what? That's not what I thought you were going to say at all. Major at plot all. twist here, huh? Okay, can How's we just remind listeners if they have not seen this indie Your flick? got to Google. <laughs> Your listeners need to get... I, I'm big on people being resourceful. <laughs> but like I'm sorry, to, but don't come yet. to me for information. This is a sad, okay, sad movie about a broken relationship with a man playing by Ryan Gosling Mm -hmm. and a woman played by Michelle Williams. Mm -hmm. And this is what it feels like when love dies. Yes. Do you want a sequel to this? I do, because I (laughs) want a sequel. I need to to hear the pitch for this. I can't remember the ending of the movie. All I know, it's one of my favorite movies. All (gasps) I know is that it's so painful, I can't watch again. I've seen one time, but I used to get into arguments with people about their relationship and who should have done what. In the sequel, Ryan's character finds a new love Michelle is like wait no I want you but he's like nah I found someone else who would take me as I am <laughs> like I'm good love enjoy I'm good love enjoy like future did her <laughs> I'm good love enjoy and then she's like trying to get him back and then she's lost uh, but without him and then she ends up being married again maybe but it's not passionate it's like okay you check all the boxes oh. wow this is I love how thought through this is yeah, and no. I'm so mad at myself that I profiled you because I thought you were going to say like Love Jones or something no so you see just I'm being profiled y'all <laughs> that is some deep stuff also we're getting some insights into your I know very very painful insights I wow. know. My, my insights are pretty pain free but <laughs> That's why I like the movies. (laughs) Well, I think we need to make that happen. But that's your movie tagline right there. I'm good love. Enjoy. Good love. Enjoy. There we go. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you mentioned taglines, Sandra, because 
we have a question about that. Okay. So a lot of characters in movies have taglines like Bond, James Bond, or there are other very famous lines that Mm -hmm. we all know from the movies, uh, like, uh, I'll have what she's having. Mm -hmm. And I know in my case, some of my very favorite movie lines are from It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll lasso the moon for you, Ego. I'm going to do that. I want to lasso the moon for you. Don't play, because we'll get married together. (laughs) I'll do it. It's legal. It's legal. It's going to be Blue Valentine's Day. Girl, you better stop playing with me. (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, we love talking about favorite lines on this show. And do you have a favorite movie line? Oh, my goodness. Yes, Queen. Um, let me think. Um, it's more of a moment and the line that was said in this moment. It was from the town. I don't remember a ton of movies, but there, I have a few favorites and I remember them very well. Um, and from the town... Uh, uh, spoilers? Are we allowed to kind of spoil? Oh, absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Spoil so, um, Ben Affleck needs to go beat some guys up, and he's asking Jeremy Renner's character, Jim, who is his best friend, to come with him, but he's not telling what they're going to do. He's like, we're about to go do something down. And Jeremy Renner's character, um, Jim, goes, and uh, he says, whose car are we taking? And I love that, because that's a ride-or-die friend. That is a ride-or-die. <laughs> yeah. But you know yeah. what? I can't ride-or-die. I just want to ride and live. Yeah, I'm... Or maybe Uber. <laughs> Within certain confines and restrictions, and there are limitations. Um, but so I don't know if that's considered ride or die. Maybe I'm also Uber. Yes, and Uber live. and thrive and thrive. Uber yes. and live. Uber, Uber and, live. and live. Yeah. yeah. Why can't we survive? Yeah. Do you guys have any favorite? Oh, we know. We know Kristen's favorite movie line. Sandra, you got one. Mine's weird. Um, mine's from. And it doesn't even need context. It's from Overboard when she tells the guy, like, oh, shut up and eat your checkers. Oh. oh. Please say this is the original Overboard and not the remake, right? This is the, no, this is like the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell yes. Overboard where she's like, yes. be quiet, eat your checkers. And she's <laughs> like at the mental hospital afterwards. And for some reason, like anytime I want to tell one of my sisters or something to like be quiet, I'm like, oh. Go eat your check. <laughs> it's just a great, it's just a great like dismissive line. <laughs> well, Ego, before we let you go, we have one final question. Mm-hmm. For this series, we're giving each of our guests a challenge. It's called My Five Movies. Okay. So here we go. If you could watch only the same five movies for the rest of your life, which five movies would you choose? Okay. So, Okay. Okay, I see what you did. Okay, <laughs> I know Love uh, Jones won't be one. No, of them. Love Jones is not. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be thrown for a loop right now. Um, you're gonna be thrown. Um, Man on Fire, mm. The Town. <gasps> uh, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. The Town. Um, uh, okay. Guess who? The remake with Ashton Kutcher and Zoe Saldana. And really? Mac. Yes. Oh, we're gonna need to discuss that. Continue. Okay. Um, okay. Two more. Can I throw the town on a second time? Because I just need y'all to know that that's like. <laughs> is that is that your jam? That is my damn jam. It really is. Um, and then let me think of some. Oh. Um, Miss Bala, not the remake from most recently. Uh, no shade to everyone involved in that, but the one, the the, the indie Mexican one. Yes, Miss Bala. And what was Miss Bala about? Google. Psych- <laughs> no, I'm time playing. Miss um, um, Bala is about a girl who 
does a pageant in Mexico. I don't remember where exactly in Mexico. She does a pageant, and then turns out the pageant is corrupt, and then she gets wrapped into this sort of like drug ring situation. Ooh. And so, yes, that, that movie is so good. So, so good. Again, I say watch the original. I'm not vouching for the remake. Didn't see it. Yes. The Andy one. Yes. You gotta see Yes. Guess who? I mean, which, yes. of course, <laughs> was, a, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, a remake of Guess Who's Guess Coming, who's coming to, dinner. to Dinner. Sure. But with Ashton Kutcher in it, I, I, I need, I have so many questions. Ask them, girl. We got time. Okay, well, let's start with why. The why? Because I saw, I don't know how old I was. I must have been like 14 or something. And at 14, I wasn't one of those cool kids who's like, I'm all about film and old films. I was like, this movie came out and I wanted to see it. And then I just watched, I used to watch it over and over again as like noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I watched it so many times that I knew it. And it's one of the few movies that I've seen a million times over yes. and could still watch. Also, I love Bernie Mac. Like, oh, my. rest in peace, Bernie I, Mac. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. I love Bernie Mac. And he's so funny. Yes, he is. My goodness. Yes, he was. Um, only thing I would have done differently is cast um, Tandy Newton as Zoe's mother. Oh, I just feel like I can't. I'm shook that they haven't played mother and daughter yet. No shade to Tandy. You're beautiful and young and vibrant. There's a point they should have played mother and daughter at some point. I think they're only like not even ten years apart in age, though, is the problem. But Hollywood magic. Hollywood magic. That's true. Hollywood does make Zoe look younger. Tandy look older. Why not? Mom and, mom and daughter. Now I feel like Ashton Kutcher should cast you in something. Y'all should work together. Okay, Ashton. Ashton, listen. I mean, <laughs> listen, Ashton, up, listen up. You know, I mean, you already know who she is. And if you don't, Google her. I'm yeah. sure you know who she is. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all need to work together. But I think we need to put you in an action film. Like, these are Ooh, some, I like, want to be in a heist fire? movie. Yeah, I want to be in a heist movie real bad. So someone make that happen. I want mm-hmm. to rob a bank in a movie. I know what you need to do. You need to make a remake of The Town starring you. But who do you have star with you? Who do I have star with me? Oh, my goodness. Who's going to be? Oh, okay. With me. You need somebody to say. uh, Who's Kari? Yes. Yes. Um, I think I have. uh, Goodness. These hot seat questions. (laughs) And I want to answer it right. Um, I would love to be in it with. Let's say hold Viola Davis, but she just oh, did no. Widows. So someone was telling me I should be in Widows, the yes. remake of Widows. Um, but anyway, Viola Davis, I would She's love to perfection. have in there with me. Um, Queen Latifah. Basically, I want to do set it off. Set it off. <laughs> yes. Set it off. To I want to see a set it off again. Yeah. <laughs> so how about like a combination of set it off, town, and Ocean's Nine. Okay. Make it like an Ocean's Nine. Yeah, I could do that. Why I could not? do that. Why not? By the way, it's, it's, except see, good. Oh, except good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> see, this is why I don't work in Hollywood, by the way. Because, yeah. you know, that pitch right there just like. <laughs> I was going like, to say oh. it, but I'm glad someone else said it. I didn't say it, y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> just to put it out it. there. Yeah. Just to put it out there. You might work with some of those people one day, yeah, girl. I will not. Exactly. That's why I didn't say anything. I'm just smiling. Well, Ego Wodum, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Oh, you're a delight. Thank yes. you. Yay. Yay. Great job. Yay. More Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen go to the movies after the break.
I was watching an episode of CNN's new series, The Movies, and it got me to thinking about sequels. How many Fast and Furious movies do we really need? That's a trick question, by the way, because the answer is we need all of them. Every single one. The magical world of sequels is one of my absolute favorite things about the movie industry because it gives cinephiles something to both look forward to and battle about. I've lost track of the number of times I've argued over which is the better film, The Godfather or The Godfather 2. Duh, it's two, of course, but one is still my favorite because of Marlon Brando's performance. And the gleeful anticipation that comes with every Marvel movie sequel is a wonder to behold. Thanks to social media, we all get to glimpse the wish list that fanboys and fangirls bring to those films before they are released. It may seem like Hollywood has run out of ideas with all the remakes, reboots, and redos, but I can assure you that it's not always a case of laziness. There's a method to the sequel madness. The movie industry is one of the most risk-averse businesses out there. With millions of dollars on the line, few studios are willing to jump out there with a project that may or may not do well at the box office. So what better way to hedge your bets than to release something that already has a built-in audience? Thus, Hollywood now has a disease known as sequelitis, where if a film does well, it's almost guaranteed to get a sequel, sometimes giving birth to a beloved franchise, or sometimes cursing us with a steaming pile of WTFness, the likes of Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. I still want my two hours and 30 minutes back from that one. Tinseltown is so dedicated to sucking the most juice out of a successful movie that they have even sneakily devised a way to make a sequel that's not really a sequel. A prequel is set before the original movie and allows filmmakers to come up with new characters and origin stories that can easily spin off their own sequels. And like sequels, the possibilities are endless. I hear so many people bemoaning the number of sequels these days that you would think it was a brand new thing, but it is absolutely not. The industry has always followed the tried-and-true method of filmmaking. Take, for example, the Godzilla franchise. The King of the Monsters made his first appearance in the original Japanese film in 1954. Since then, there have been dozens of Godzilla movies, and audiences have proven they are willing to embrace almost all of them. Bond 25 is actually the 27th James Bond film, and yet each one, no matter which actors portraying the title character, is still as beloved as the first one. The faces may change, but the action, the excitement, and the thrill stay the same. That's not to say it's easy making sequels. Fans still expect a good story, snappy dialogue, and at least serviceable performances from the actors. The blessing and the curse of a successful movie franchise is that they are built on already beloved films and characters, and woe be it unto anyone who runs afoul of the canon. Just ask Ben Affleck, whose roles as Batman have been, let's just say, less than embraced. Okay, let's be real. People hated it. The actor only portrayed the superhero in three films, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Justice League, but that was more than enough for plenty of people. In February 2019, Affleck told Jimmy Kimmel he was retiring from playing Bruce Wayne. I tried to direct a version of it and worked with a really good screenwriter, but just couldn't come up with a version. I couldn't crack it, Affleck said of taking another shot at playing Batman. At least Affleck doesn't have to worry about being typecast. Because let's be honest, even though Liam Neeson has only starred in three Taken films, they have been so effective that every Liam Neeson film feels like Taken. And that takes a very particular set of skills.
And that's a wrap, as they say. If you're like us and can't get enough movies in your life, check out CNN's new TV series, The Movies, airing Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on CNN and on CNN.com slash go. From executive producers Tom Hanks, Gary Getzman, and Mark Herzog, The Movies is a fascinating exploration of movies throughout the decades, and it shows the cultural, societal, and political shifts that frame the evolution of American cinema. You can also visit CNN.com slash The Movies for more. If you liked this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. And subscribe. And of course, leave us a five-star rating and a comment while you're there. This episode was produced by Amy Eason, Elizabeth Roberts, and Emma Soslowski. This is Lisa, Sandra, and Kristen. Go to the movies. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Um, okay, <laughs> this is called taco meat. And one day I was making tacos um, at my house with my roommates who were my best friends. And I was like, I'm going to rap. So I came running out of the kitchen and I was like, this is taco meat, taco meat. Y'all hoes don't want beef. Nah, y'all chicken, y'all chicken. You get that? Everyone follow what's happening there. Taco <laughs> yes. meat, don't want beef. Y'all chicken, chicken right. they don't want beef. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. You know what? Yeah, that I that feel like was I deserve an award. Yeah, that was impressive, <laughs> and that was at the time off the top of the dough. I, I hope everybody applauded. Yeah, yeah and somebody was beatboxing. Yeah, they. I mean, no, they no, <laughs> they <laughs> weren't. They were just taping and laughing. Really? <laughs> that makes me want tacos now. That's though. okay. Yeah, you should grab some. Yeah.